When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Valve UK's very own Newcastle United podcast, Time Warp, in association with the Sports Social Network. I'm your host, Alex Wood. This week, I'm joined by Harry Roy and Dan Wright. Plenty to talk about this week, as we too had a week off. We'll recap the disastrous officially in St. James's. Look ahead to this weekend's action against Bournemouth. Discuss England call-ups for Newcastle players. It's been a while since we've been able to actually do that, so let's officially do it. Um, and, of course... We will discuss whether an all-star game is a bad idea. Yeah, see, that was easy. Um, so, boys, let's first start with Palace. I think there's only one place to really start. Tarek Mitchell's own goal being disallowed by far. Dan, are you still seething? 14 days later, you got over it yet? I think I'm pretty much over it now. I mean, it's a horrendous decision. If we'd done this last week, I reckon would have probably got a lot more out of us about it because it's <laughs> it's just an abs- it's an absolute joke. I mean, you've got officials who you know supposedly the best league in the world looking at that and there's you know first of all Lee Mason is the worst one because he's experienced referees god knows how many games and he's looked at that on the screen with replays you know bearing in mind uh, the Palace goalkeeper and Willock were down for quite a while after it so he's had plenty of time to look at the replays while the game stopped and he's not seen the blatant push on Willock it's baffling and then also the referee um his name escapes me at the minute. Was it Sal- Salisbury? Mike. He's, he's that... one of the new ones, isn't he? I think it's his first season as a so, Premier League official. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of get Michael it. Michael like, Salisbury, right? His... Michael Salisbury, that's the one. I kind of get it. Saying for him, like he's inexperienced, he's listening to one of the to them, one of the most experienced ones, and should be one of the better ones. Clearly not. 
But if you're a referee and you've made your way up to Premier League, you should be able to look at the monitor and see that. And you know, you know, what? I'm sticking to my own guns here. So the pair of them have not covered themselves in any glory. And yeah, it's it's an absolute joke. Um, we might probably talk about it more, but Newcastle should have won that game anyway. But it's just frustrating because I can't couldn't have seen anything other than Newcastle win if that goal gets correctly allowed. When you consider that that VAR decision probably wasn't the worst of the weekend or of the day. It shows how bad the officiating was that weekend. I mean, look, like you alluded to there, Newcastle should have won that game pretty comfortably. They only really had themselves to blame for not winning the match. But when you've got VAR and decisions like that are so blatant going against you, I mean, there's only so much you can do. I mean, the worst part about it, I think, as well, is that the referee, the on-field referee, wasn't given all of the angles. Have you noticed that as well? Where yeah, yeah. he saw... I think he saw it from facing towards the east stand, where it doesn't look as... I mean, you can still see there's a push, but it's not as clear as if he saw it from the other side. You can clearly see Mitchell's arm pushing Willock into the goalkeeper. I mean, seriously, did the referee in VAR seriously think that Joel Willock is going to run and dive and pretty much rugby tackle Guaita? It's not going to happen. So the fact that that was ruled out, it, it's just laughable. I mean, I wasn't at the game. I was sat in work and had a bit of a stream going on but I could barely see it and I celebrated when Newcastle went one up and I turned around to my work colleague and said I guarantee VAR rule this out lo and behold they did so yeah just another shameful weekend really for officiating in this country but it's it's gonna have huge implications on the rest of the table as well because when you look even looking back at that Liverpool game yes I'm still not over it they should have got a point from that game they should have beat Crystal Palace you roughly say they've dropped three points in the last two games because of poor officiating. Newcastle, I think, would be fifth or sixth in the league heading into this game against Bournemouth at the weekend. They're in a lot better position than they are now. So, yeah, it's a, it's a one of those where I think we may look back at the end of the season and go, that's where we've you know dropped significant points towards our quest, whether that's for top ten or even Europe. Yeah, I mean, you could even argue it's five points because, for me, against Liverpool, obviously still... A little bit fuming about that. Isak looks onside to me. Yeah. The score second. Do we go and win that game? Possibly, but let's let's not dwell on it anymore. <laughs> Speaking of Isak as well, do we kind of look at other opportunities throughout the game and go, well, the one-on-one he had with Gaeta where he, he goes for the illustrious chip and maybe the occasion of his home debut kind of gets him. We look at Amron hitting the post and um, maybe Fabian Schaar's late chance as well. Like We look at these other opportunities that we had to win the game and go, well, we were a little bit wasteful in other areas. And that's kind of depicted our season throughout so far, even though we're so early on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, I feel like Isak, obviously, maybe I think the touch that he took before the finish just let him down. He looked indecisive. He almost had too much time, you know, reminiscent of, I don't know, chances missed in the past by Jacob Murphy at, at Watford, Tell you what it reminds me a lot of. Almiron against, against Huddersfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Home debut in front of the Gallagher. He's trying to chip it. Um, yeah, that is a huge chance. He made it himself, to be fair, but he should have should have put that away. And yeah, I think I, I think it's a while since the game, and I've tried to like get it from my mind. But I think we had an XG of over three or something. And if you don't score with it when you should expect to score two or three goals. Something's wrong there, and I think there's there's one little bit of the jigsaw missing because I I liked a li- quite a bit of what I saw. I mean, we had more attacking intent. I didn't think we were brilliant. I thought we were good in little spells. 
we weren't consistent throughout the game like we were against Forest, but just that last bit of the jigsaw was turning those chances into goals and you know really making the the clear cut chances. And I think we missed the likes of Bruno and Saint Maximin for that. I think if those two play, I, I think regardless of VR, I think we beat Crystal Palace. But yeah, it's not too much of a worry at this stage for me. Yeah, it's one of those for me where I think, yeah, we should have some more points on the board. It's baffling that we only have one win this season when you consider how well we've mm-hmm. played too. I mean, Palace aren't a bad side. I expect them to be in and around the top 10 this season, maybe even a little bit higher. They are they are a solid outfit, and in all fairness, without three key players in terms of St. Maximan, Wilson and Bruno, played them off the park. We should have been two or three in the look by half time. And there's other games this season as well. I mean, Liverpool not in great form. How the hell we didn't come away with a result there? I'll never know. Wolves, I think we had four or five first teamers out, dominated pretty much the majority of that game in terms of possession. Something that we've not really seen from Newcastle. So, yeah, it, it's disappointing, but th- there's there's no doubt about it that once this clicks in terms of going forward and we start finding the net, we're going to blow some teams away. And what I've seen, yes, I know there's only one win on the board. I think we've got, I think we're in the bottom half at the minute. I, I can't see us being there much longer, and I just hope that this weekend coming up against Bournemouth is the one where we can really kick on. Especially since we're going back to St James's Park this weekend against Bournemouth, obviously following the cancellation of the fixtures last weekend due to um, Her Majesty the Queen's passing away. Um, boys, did you agree with the decision to cancel the fixtures, or was it one of them that is kind of out of your hands and it? No real football fan wants to see games cancelled, but you understood it, or did neither of you really understand the decision? And we're confused because the congested fixture list of this year, with the World Cup being in the winter, is now going to be even more congested. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, they shouldn't have been cancelled. I, I disagree with that. Um, obviously, you you understand the reasoning why, but for me, I think there's so much that could have been done in terms of you know, a way of marking respect. I mean, the chances are Newcastle's game would have actually been off anyway because of everything going on in London, but there would have been something to watch, you know. I mean, it's obviously not the greatest circumstances, the Queen passing away, but if everyone's told to carry on, keep going as you're doing, you know, you go to work, you pay your taxes, and then the one thing at the weekend, the sort of your release, you know, your, your 90 minutes to sort of enjoy yourself and that gets cancelled, it doesn't doesn't really sit right with me so I, I don't think they should have been cancelled of course we understand the reasons and it's it's something that you just have to accept and move on and I'm I'm really desperate to watch some Premier League football this weekend yeah I think we're all buzzing for our fix this weekend really after, after quite a difficult week or so for the country I mean it's, it's been it has been really really depressing in terms of everything we're seeing on the TV and maybe football last weekend could have just given a lot of people an escape from that mm-hmm. yeah so I look I, I see I see both sides in terms of I fully get why the officials called for games to be postponed last week because I think there is a lot of reasons probably why they have done that also the other argument is we've, we've seen a lot of sports the likes of golf I think played on there's, there's a few others I know there's a race meeting on Sunday so other sports have paid, uh, have played and I just think you, you see the scenes that we had at Rangers last night before the match in terms of you know national anthem huge tribute for, for Her Majesty I, I really thought that, that could have been something that we would have seen across England that would have given fans an opportunity to, to really pay their respects which I think would have been would have been great and of course it's offering people that escape like I said in terms of you know having the games on I think it, it, it was a miss but can't wait to to get back to it all again this weekend. It was nice to have EFL games on in in midweek, but there's nothing like the Premier League, and there is nothing like watching Newcastle on a Saturday afternoon. And especially like with the and the game being called off last week, we had such a stop start. Uh, like 
one week break and now after this week we've got the two week break because we're going to have the internationals and with the international break we've got two Newcastle United players that have been called up potentially could have been called up as there's yet again only one left back in the England squad um, with Kieran Trippier of course being a shoe in for the England squad because Gareth Southgate really likes him um, but are a surprise to some but not a surprise if Gareth Southgate's picking on form is Nick Pope backing himself a call up with Jordan Pickford's injury as well lasting probably throughout October are we looking at Nick Pope having a decent shot at the number one for um, the World Cup or is it still Jordan Pickford's all the way? I think Jordan Pickford very much is Gareth Southgate's man, isn't he? Um, his distribution is probably the thing that keeps him ahead of the others. I think he's really good, whether that's with his with his hands or his feet. So I think he will be England's number one if he's fit for Qatar. Uh, Nick Pope's, you know, I'd be intrigued to see who Gareth picks for these for these games. I mean, we can talk about the Newcastle players qualif- uh, getting in the squads in a bit, but for me, it's absolute lunacy that they've, they've chucked this international break in here when we've got a, got a World Cup in less than two. We're breaking for a World Cup in less than two months. Why do we need an, an international break now? It, it's absolutely baffling. I, I can't believe it's there. I mean, if if the games were going to be off because of the funeral, obviously that would have been another week. And for me, this international break is a complete and utter waste of time. No one cares about the Nations League. I couldn't tell you who England are playing. I probably won't bother watching. It's just an absolute waste of time. Yeah, to be honest, you're spot on, especially when we're playing pretty much two games a week. I mean, we were playing two games a week in August to try and yeah, fit it's, these it's, matches it's, in. It's, it's balmy. And now we've got a, we've got another you know another set of games to contend with. Is it a two-week international break? It shows how much little attention I'm paying to, to England. It's two weeks, isn't it? I, th- I think it's it is, just um, one week. It is. It's it? both, I mean, it's the only consolation weeks, is... Germany and Italy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only consolation is Newcastle will get some players back fifth, which common occurrence really with us is we constantly have players injured, so that's a bonus, but it, it, it really, really doesn't help. And I mean, not that I feel bad for the, the so-called big six, but I mean, imagine playing in Europe as well. <laughs> playing in Europe, if you've got quite a small squad and then having to play Premier League two, three times a week, I think it's going to be by the end of the season. It's absolutely mad. But back onto what you said before, Alex, about... The England squad, this is Nick Pope's opportunity if he wants to be number one. I think that Southgate will he'll be his number one for these next few games. I mean, this is his opportunity. I mean, he's been a phenomenal signing for us. And look, I'm sure Burnley fans will, 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 will say to me now, we've known all this time how great he is. It just seems to think that he's got himself into a Newcastle shirt and people may just be realising how good he is because he is phenomenal. But you are right, Dan. I, I think a lot of why Pickford's the number one is A, Look, he's never let England down. He's been fantastic for them, and his distribution is is arguably one of the best in the world. So yeah, you you can see that. But it's a real opportunity for Pope. It's it's the it's the the sliding door opportunity for him, and this is his chance. And I really really hope he can and take it. And I'm sure everybody will, will back him, including himself. He'll back himself to get in, in that number one shirt. Trippier, in terms of him getting called up, I expect him. I I still think he'll start at the World Cup. In all fairness, especially when we went from when you think of the Euros, we were going, oh, we've got so many right backs. Quite a lot of them have fallen off. I mean, Walker's still a good player. I I, I fully get that. Rhys James has struggled with injury. Alexander Arnold's probably having the worst form of his career to to present date, really. So I think Trippier, he's that steady option. We all know how good he is for Newcastle, and he's another one that's never really let England down. And what I am going to discuss is, I was having a discussion with a friend earlier, Matt Target, 
Is he unlucky not to get called up for this? Because I see that Luke Shaw has, has got his name back in the squad. Luke Shaw hasn't been getting a game for Man United. So I, I'm, to be honest, I, I get why Southgate, look, he's probably got his players nigh on picked for the World Cup, but he's going to want to keep that same squad in terms of, you know, the morale and the harmony of the dressing room going into the into the Winter World Cup. But Matt Target, he's had, look, he's been fantastic for us ever since he joined the club. Should he have been rewarded with a call-up here? Because I certainly think he's way more deserving than Luke Shaw. Oh, he's more deserving than Luke Shaw. I, I double-took when I saw Luke Shaw. I was like, he, this guy just doesn't get a game. Like It's it's an absolute... It's just bizarre that Luke Shaw's there, really. I mean, you've got... I mean, it's, I know we're talking about left-backs, but I mean, Harry Maguire's not getting a game. And when he does, the last time he was getting a game, he was doing pretty terribly. And he's in the England squad. Like, I get that Southgate's got his men that he trusts, but it's just strange. Uh, Target has been... Solid for us. Um, whether or not he warrants an England call-up, I'm not 100% sure. I think we talk about how many right-backs are on the squad. I think very much if Trippier plays, I can see that being left-back. I certainly think you look at the squad and you're picking the best 11 out of it, you're probably putting Trippier at left-back. Because there's not... I, you, I, I'd struggle to pick Luke Shaw at the minute. Yeah, and, I agree. And Trippier has filled in at left-back for England and he's never let the team down, you know, so... For me, I think Trippier is probably England's first choice left back at the minute in in that squad. Yeah, and the other one that a, a number of Newcastle fans always keep saying whenever the England squads come on, come along is Dan Burn. Um, like again, had a really good start to the season, had a really great finish to to the end of last season. Uh, again, doesn't get a call up. He must be on the the fringes, of the, especially the likes of Harry Maguire, as you said there, Conor Cody not having the greatest start to the season on loan at Everton for a, a strange transfer of the summer. Um, how long unlucky is Dan Byrne as well? And then we're looking at maybe some other players that have upset the apple cart. Is that what Southgate's trying not to do, is upset the apple cart too much? There's no James Madison in this one. There's no Marcus Rashford, no Sancho, but obviously a call-up for Aventoni. Also a call-up for Jared Bowen, who's not had a great start to this season either. What is Gareth overall trying to do? Is he just trying to keep things balanced with what he knows and trusts? I think you're spot on. I think it's, he doesn't want to upset the apple cart. He, he knows who he likes. He, I think a big thing as well when you go into a tournament, he's worked with these players before. He yeah. knows the character of these players before. So I think for all we, we might sit here and criticise him for not picking on form like he once said he was going to, Maybe it's not the worst thing in the world because it, we, if we compare it back to Newcastle, we can bring everything back to Newcastle if we try. <laughs> uh, Eddie Howe's got, I think I've heard it called, a no dickhead policy where he gets the right characters in to the club and around the dressing room. Maybe that's what Gareth Southgate's doing. He knows these people, he trusts these people, the harmony's good. And when you've got a tournament so close, do you sort of bring people in or do you just keep it constant into the tournament? I kind of get the logic. Yeah, I think you're spot on, Dan, in all fairness. I think, to be fair, I think he's probably already got his squad picked. Yeah, And the I only way so. that'll change is if there's, like, serious injuries. I mean, like, it's very rare. I think Ivan Tony's the only player that's been called up that's not previously had a cap or not played under Southgate previously. And in all fairness, I mean, you've got to reward yeah, you, him for yeah. how well he's played, in all fairness. And I think Callum Wilson probably might have pipped him to that if he, if yeah. he was fit. Because, I mean, look, Wilson's already had a... He's already played under Southgate for England before, and we've known there's been discussions over the summer where Southgate's turned around and said, keep yourself fit, and you'll absolutely be in contention. So, look, that's just unfortunate on his behalf, and that's the big shame for Callum Wilson. But, yeah, I think it all kind of points back to 
he's probably got his squad already picked. And Dan Byrne, he's another one that maybe should be in with a shout. But I mean, I see he's brought back Eric Dyer. Southgate loved him two or three years ago, and he's look, he's he's done really well with the Conte. So it it is one of those, like Connor Cody. Could you drop him? Yes, but he's a great leader, great in the dressing room. He's a player that you'd probably want to have in the team. So look, it's it's one of those. A few of the players, well, our players will feel unlucky. But to be honest, I think it's the first time that Newcastle have had two current players in the England squad since two thousand and seven. Don't quote me on that. So it shows how far we've come, and Newcastle players don't really get England call-ups, so to get two in one squad uh, is, is pretty good going. Absolutely. Um, when we talk about squads, we, we must discuss very quickly the 25-man squad's named. Um, Dan, obviously, um, Emil Crafu wasn't named because um, mm. he's done his ACL, um, but... The other, the other one that we were a little bit disappointed that wasn't named was um, Mr. Mark Gillespie. Um, no, no place for him. Obviously, um, we signed Loris Carrius because Carl Dolo was in. Carl Dalo was injured and going to be in, injured for a lengthy period of time. But yeah, Dalo makes the squad anyway. Lads, let's just try and dissect that a little bit and understand it marginally. Yeah, I mean, I think from what I gather, Darlow's injury is said to be medium term, so he, he might be back in contention. And obviously, look, the club don't trust Mark Gillespie in the Premier League. I mean, he's played, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he's played two times for Newcastle, both in the Cairo Cup. And one of them, the last time he made a bit of a howler against Newport County. So I, I get it. I just think he's there for morale, essentially, isn't he? Like, he's not... He's, he's a getting paid, player, isn't he? He's a bit like Scott Carson for for us. Isn't yeah, he? well, he, he's not even getting counted as homegrown anymore because he's not in the twenty-five. No. It's just kind of, it's just kind of round the building, like training. That's he's he's got a fantastic job. To be fair, he's got me. he's got the best job in the world. In all fairness, I'd, I mean. I'd swap I'd swap with him tomorrow. <laughs> like boyhood club, he's got no Aye. pressure on him to perform week in and week out for the club. He's on footballer's wage. Yeah, I mean, um, I bumped into him in, on the dance floor in Cozy Joe's not too long ago, and <laughs> to be fair, his rendition of Seventeen Going Under was nearly as bad as a goalkeeping. Like, <laughs> <laughs> poor bloke. <laughs> but he's got the best job in the world, and he was love. He was absolutely lovely. He's a lovely bloke, um, and I'm very jealous of his job. But yeah, Carrius, an, an interesting one. Um, I mean, obviously the best thing that could possibly come of Norris Carrier's stay at Newcastle is that he doesn't play for the club. I don't mean that in a nasty way, just if he does play, it means Pope's injured or unavailable. So it's not really, there's not really too much to it, is it? It's just back up in case. I mean, he looked like a decent goalkeeper until that Champions League final and then yeah. he's just completely, I mean, like anyone I would, I imagine, just shot, completely shot of confidence. So... Yeah, hopefully we don't get to see him in a Newcastle shirt. And as I say, that's 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 not me being nasty. I just Nick Pope is is the man, and if he's injured, that's the only way he plays, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I mean to be honest, Carrius, I think we could have done a lot. I could have done a lot worse in terms of a of a second or yeah. maybe even third choice keeper when Darlow comes back. I, I'd probably put him ahead of Darlow in all fairness. I know we've not seen a lot of him, but before mm-hmm. that Champions League final, which Apparently, he had a concussion going into the game. Yeah. It, was, it was proven. But he was actually a relatively steady pair of hands for Liverpool. So, I think that free agent, you know, he, I, I think his interview was really, really good. I don't know whether you guys have seen it. He's kind of turned around and said, look, 
I know I'm pretty much not going to be the number one, but I'm going to be here if I'm called upon and I'm going to be ready. So look, all the best to him, like you said, Dan. Don't really want to see him play in the Premier League, but really hope this is the, the, the start of a turnaround for his career because I think he's clearly yeah, a good keeper in there. I mean, look, he's you don't you don't play for a for a top Premier League club if you're not half decent. So, yeah, it's an opportunity for him and it, it's decent cover for us. Alex, you'll probably touch on this to be fair, but the injury situation is a little bit worrying. I don't know whether you saw the update from Craig Hope this morning, but it seems that St Maximan, I don't think we're going to see him for another couple of weeks. Maybe. Oh, I hadn't seen that. Maybe even after the international break. It sounds like Bruno is going to be okay from what is being said, but apparently St Maximan isn't going to be available this weekend. I've seen a few people saying, however, I'd much rather Bruno was back than St Maximan, which I do agree with, but it's such a shame for him, isn't it, that how well he started this season, full of confidence. He's finding that form that he had a few years ago and daft little injury after his goal against Wolves and it's pretty much back to square one in terms of getting himself back fit. I, I don't know how true it is because I've not really been switched on with all following the Your news today, but I've broke, seen someone say so on Twitter that... <laughs> yeah, let's not. Um, <laughs> 750 quid later. Oh, no. Um, anyway, apparently someone, someone said that Wilson, St. Maximin and Bruno weren't in any of the training pictures or something and that's how people kind of worked out Bruno was injured in the first place. So if that's the case, that's worrying. Yeah, but I, if you think about it as well, previously before this, the three of them weren't fit um, for Crystal Palace and we battled Palace and we had the same uh, same starting lineup of that. The two weeks will be really good for us to recoup and uh, kind of regather it, uh, everyone. Bournemouth, as we've already kind of touched on and we will touch on later when we um, have the Bournemouth preview, aren't really going the best. They've obviously still not got a manager um, and are really kind of rudderless at the moment and trying to keep their heads a little bit above water before they sink. West Ham would have been the best, um, a really good test for us because they've just bounced back after a promising game against Chelsea. But yeah, with um, the St. Maximan injury, obviously it's it's always disappointing for him whenever he gets these little niggle injuries because whenever he gets them, they're always due to the fact that he runs his absolute arse off. And as much as we all love seeing him do that, there is like a, a voice in the back of my mind whenever he has a blinder of a game against Wolves, for example, where I'm just like, right, bro, can we just take him off after 75 minutes and just give him a rest? Like, he's been mint. We don't need to give him the night, uh, the full 90. Let's just give him five minutes rest so that he can actually fully recover and we can see how his muscles are actually going to be. thing is with St Maximan, I think he's almost... He's not as injury-prone as Wilson, but he's never been a player that's been able to play a full season I mean he, he averages around 27 28 games a season for Newcastle he played 35 last season for us which to be fair good going for St Maximan because the season before it was 25 the one before that was was 26 so uh, he's another one where I would say that the club needed more cover going forward especially in them wing positions I think they they missed a trick I know look they'll have tried to get players in but I certainly think if they got another winger in, it would have definitely helped us a lot. But they need him back because I think without him, especially Ann Wilson too, you you're really going to struggle to score goals because, like we've spoke about before, the drop off between our starting players and the ones who are on the bench is huge, and especially when you're trying to push for higher positions in the table and now we're not just fight for survival, it's it can be costly. 
Yeah, of course. And like the reason that it is always this costly is because like these players are premium. We saw what we paid for um, Isak towards the end of the window. Um, we saw the rumored numbers of what Chelsea wanted Pulisic for, on, even on loan. So like it, them kind of wide players and the forward players are always your premium tax. Yeah, we're, we've discussed on this pod before what Morgan, Morgan Gibbs went went for to Nottingham Forest this season and how ludicrous that uh, that kind of figure was. So yeah, it, it's always difficult when we were, especially when we were a club on a budget this summer. Um, <laughs> I, I say that lightly. Um, uh, yeah, of course. Um, speaking on a uh, on a budget, there was one club that didn't seem to have one this summer, and that was um, Chelsea. Their owner's been in the um, in the news for somewhat negative purposes this uh, this week for suggesting that the Premier League can be more Americanized um, with such things as All Star games, um, which would appear to have North and South. Now that obviously caused more division than a North South divide or is um, in the actual league. Um, I'm just very curious, very quickly, lads. Um, I'll, I'll even take a simple yes or no. Um, do we favour an all-star game? Yes or no? Um, Harry, I'll start with you. No, but I'd rather watch it than the Community Shield, which I know is quite controversial. <laughs> Dan? Uh, no, definitely not, and I'd rather watch the Community Shield. <laughs> right, there we go. That was nice and easy, wasn't it? Well, that was easy. We won't, we won't go too much into that and give um, Todd Bowie all of the um, praise and media attention that he has. Um, so we're looking forward to Saturday at 3 o'clock. Um, the only game that's actually not being televised this weekend is Newcastle versus Bournemouth at St James's Park. Um, we won't read into why it's not being televised this weekend. Um, that may be because it's at St James's Park and Sky don't like going up there. Um, anyway, we'll move on very quickly um, before we do that. Um, obviously this weekend we've already discussed the players that will not be there. Um, Alan Maximum, Bruno Gomerich is a massive doubt and Callum Wilson also is a doubt. Um, but with that, all that said, boys, Bournemouth are a, a wreck this season so far. Are we expecting anything but three points? I mean, I've just had a quick browse the Premier League table. They're actually level on points with us, which I didn't expect to see. I mean, fair enough, their goal difference is 14 worse than ours. But, yeah, I did, they're, they're sitting pretty comfortably 13th. So, I'm not sure that's a true reflection. I mean, they did get beat 9-0. So, yeah, it's a strange one. I think we should win. We definitely should win. We have to win, really. Yeah, look, Newcastle have to win. And I think there might be a little bit of a meltdown if we don't, in all fairness, because on paper, this is the easiest home game we're going to get all season. And that's not easy in terms of disrespect towards Bournemouth, because they are still a Premier League side. But you consider that that team came up from the Championship. They brought in, I think, one or two players. Even those the players that they brought in, are they Premier League players? Probably top-end Championship, in all fairness. They're managerless. Everything points towards a big Newcastle win, but they've got seven points on the board. They they beat Aston Villa. <laughs> they beat Nottingham Forest, came from 2-0 down, showed really good character in that game, and they got a draw against Wolves, I want to say, at home as well. So, they, they look, they've not That's done correct. too bad, 
But this is a game that Newcastle simply have to win. And to be fair, I expect them to. They should have far too much for Bournemouth. But we'll, we'll wait and see. So, are we expecting an unchanged 11? Uh, obviously, apart from the... Uh, yeah, an unchanged 11 to the one that we saw two weeks ago? Or could you see some changes? No, I expect Bruno. I think if he is fit, I think he'll he'll absolutely come back in. Other than that, I don't think there'll be any others. So, we'll move on. And, um, boys, it is my favourite time of the podcast where we both predict what's going on and then horribly get it wrong and we all laugh a week later and go ah that was really funny that we predicted we were going to win three nil and we actually won four but yeah this will be fun um so harry i'll start with you because you normally go last um your prediction against bournemouth at home on saturday at 3 p.m five nil wow <laughs> yeah we're due a big win we are strong. due to to really give someone a hide in all fairness and I think that if we're on song and it clicks for us going forward that's what I think we'll do look it could be totally different it probably will be but I've got to back my team and if we are going to beat somebody 5-0 this season it'll probably be Bournemouth so yeah 5-0 Newcastle Alexander Isak hat-trick wow I thought I was feeling confident um <laughs> maybe it's the beers that I had earlier possibly golf, I'm, I'm going I'm going 2-0 I, I think we will win um, I mean, don't get us wrong, five will be great. I'd snap your hand off for a scrappy one nil at the minute, like, but... Oh, yes. Yeah. Two nil for me, I think, a similar, maybe similar sort of vein to the Forest game, but I just think at the minute something's not, not a criticism, but something's not quite clicking in the final third. I can't see us yet really punishing a, t- a team and putting six and five past them. So I think two nil for me is, is a more realistic line. Yeah, it's been a while on this podcast since I've been able to do this, but I completely agree with that. I think 2-0 <laughs> is um, absolutely the the right scoreline for this. One in each half. Um, Isak might get a back post header um, and maybe Almiron gets another one to really boost his form this season or a defender scores from a corner. Sven Botman wouldn't be a bad one because he had, he had a good couple of chances against Palace. So, yeah, Sven Botman and Alexander Isak on the score sheet. I'm really glad that all three of us went for the win. Um, let us all just laugh and cry when we nil nil. Don't say that. National break. No. <laughs> Going. How are we still on one win? How are we still on one win? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that'll do for for today, boys. Um, thank you both very much. Um, obviously, this has been Time Up, Baba UK's very own Newcastle United podcast in association with the Sports Social Network. Uh, until we see you guys next time have a good one bye sports social podcast network with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.